0: This is one-on-one's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUB Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is one-on-one's NFL Friday.
1: Ones NFL Friday, Mac Rosenberg, Nolan Silvernagle, with you as we get ready for the Pro Bowl coming up this week. That's right, the week before the Super Bowl. We know who's playing in the big game. We got Team Sanders and Team Rice. That's who's playing in the big game, buddy. Do you think that's the big game? That's the big game. <laughs> yeah, I love hearing that Hawaiian
2: music. It Takes me right back to the islands. And uh, you know, it's ironic to hear because there's supposed to be like a low of negative twelve. On Monday. So, you know, to hear the Hawaiian Island music is definitely it it definitely brings me back to brighter days. But great to be here. Great to be talking Pro Bowl and Super Bowl. Seems like this Pro Bowl might be a little more intriguing, Mac, than
1: in past years. It might be and it might not be. (laughs) Let's just I I, I can't stand the Pro Bowl. I, I, I never watch it. I never I probably won't watch it this year. But you're not even a little more intrigued. No. I'm That's not what you're at saying. all a little more intrigued. But well, our, okay. our lovely producers, Kelly Coltis, Julian Atienza, had this great idea that since Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders drafted the Pro Bowl teams this year, it was unconferenced and all that, that me and you should do a draft for the Pro Bowl I so, think our NFL expertise matches Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice, right? I, I think, so. Yeah, I yeah, think I, so. I could say yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. equal. That sounds right. That sounds right. Um so we're gonna do a draft. This is the way it's gonna go. Ten players will have a ten-player draft. Three defensive players; the rest have to be skilled position players. So no offensive line. Um, like okay. like, a, like a true fantasy draft, right? Exactly. Like you know, it, you don't draft. That's a great line, point. You don't draft line It really man, is like a true like fantasy that. draft. Um, so we'll do that, and then we will we will start talking about uh, what transpired this past Sunday. Um, Peyton Manning with the with the big game, really. I mean, and and obviously he needed to be. He needed to be vintage yeah. Manning and he was. Uh kept Tom Brady off the field. And then we will obviously rehash the crazy NFC championship game. It was a crazy it game. It was a good one.
2: That was that was really I mean I mean the, the AFC game had the storyline, yep. but the, oh, the that, this game, game this game had,
1: had, had the excitement, had the, everything the passion, had the everything that you want yeah. uh, in a championship game. Um you know, the AFC Championship game didn't really have everything that you want in a, in a championship game. I mean, it, it just didn't because it was basically a domination. No, definitely. Tom Brady was not Tom Brady. The Patriots had really no chance in that game, and they were lucky that they only lost by 10. Um, but, yeah, the NFC was, was a great game. We'll talk more about both of those games. And look ahead to the Super Bowl with Judy Batista of NFL.com. She does some great work over there, so we'll talk to her coming up. And uh, we'll even maybe get our picks in there for, for the Super Bowl. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl, obviously uh, in New York. We'll talk about the weather being a factor. Everybody's huge factor. everybody's talking about that. We had a huge snowstorm in the New York area uh, on Tuesday, and everybody was wondering, well, what if the Super Bowl was today? What would happen? Well, did you hear? Well, not only did they you, they used it as practice,
2: which is kind of a good thing, you know, it's like a real life simulation of how they would handle mm-hmm. it. But uh, today, in the New York Post, they're saying that multiple weather Uh, affiliates or uh, weather channels are saying that uh, a possible snowstorm could hit for next weekend. And it's not really a matter of if it will hit, but how much of a severity it will be. It's going to be between Friday and Sunday. Not sure when it will hit or how severe it will be, but it definitely seems like there's
1: going to be snow on the ground when the two teams play. That would be really exciting. And I heard Eric Grubman, who is one of the, um, I think he's the vice president of operations for the NFL talking this week uh, on a local radio show here in New York and talking about he was talking with Mike Francesa Mm -hmm. and uh, Mike was asking him you know what what is the plan if something like that does happen and Eric was was pretty quick to say we will move the game if we have to we will move it to Friday or Saturday.
2: Um, So so
1: Super Bowl Friday instead of Super Bowl Sunday. It's unbelievable that it even would happen. It really is, when you think about it. I mean, this would go down in history. If
2: that happened, I think that would ruin any chance of a cold-weather city oh, of this ever probably, hosting the Super Bowl again. This
1: will probably
2: be the last time. This yeah, will yeah. Probably be- but it's just like, I just don't understand what people are thinking. I mean, it's New York, and on February 2nd, of course it's going to be cold now people are worried about the cold and snow i mean i mean it's not like it's in miami and there's this cold like historic cold front coming and they're not sure how to prepare for it like they knew that this was a distinct possibility and and, you know this is what they wanted they wanted a cold like ice bowl super bowl and now they're freaking out about i don't i don't understand it but if it is moved to friday or saturday
1: forget about it never again would it ever be above uh, considered a northern city ever. A high of 31 next Friday, low of 16, a high of 34 on Saturday, low of 23. A high of 34 on Sunday, low of 24, and few snow showers is what it says on weather.com right, right now. now. 30% chance of snow. Right now, obviously, yeah. it could change. So much can change in nine days. And winds uh, at nine miles per hour. I'm curious. I love the idea of this Super Bowl being played in cold weather because I think that's what the NFL is, okay It's a it game is. where you have to grind it out in cold weather, get it done, run the football, do whatever you need to do and this I think this adds a, a great storyline to it. I'm in favor of it no yeah I, I mean I'm definitely in favor for it I mean so many people, you, people aren't you though. said you
2: said it mac when you, when you think of the great uh, Playoff football. When you hear the word playoff the football, bowl. you think of the cold. You think of the players with all the you know uh the steam coming out of right. their faces exactly. and, and you know playing in the cold weather and wearing all, all the underclothing and all that. And then the Super Bowl is is in Southern California. It's in Louisiana. It's in Miami, and and it just doesn't it just doesn't correlate with me. So I'm fine with it. And I feel like if it is a success, say if it's cold, say it's snow showers a bit, that's fine. But if they have to actually move the event, and cancel the the sanctity
1: of NFL Super Bowl Sunday, then there's going to be a problem. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. That if they do have to move it, forget it. Um, but if this is truly a matchup of the two best teams in the league, then the weather should not matter at all. It's true. It so, should. Uh, it it should, but it will. Yeah, I mean, weather is something that, that, you know, and this is another a great point that Mike Francesa has made in the past. Um, he said that, Really, if you're a grateful, fo- uh, he just said basically what I just said. If you if you know how to just not let it get to you and not make it matter, then you'll be fine, and, and that's really what it comes down to. No matter what the the situation is, unless there's a tornado, okay. <laughs> you really, if these if if these two teams, you know, the Seahawks and the Broncos are the two best teams in the league, then it shouldn't matter what the weather is, well, shouldn't there, matter there what the be, temperature is, or where they're
2: playing. There might be an earthquake from Marshawn Lynch if he gets a.
1: <laughs> he runs off, You know what I'm saying? They could play on. But I guess a, earthquakes aren't really weather. They could play on an aircraft <laughs> carrier in the middle of the Atlantic, okay? And it shouldn't matter. That's it's true. That's the it's way true. it should be.
2: And the thing with sports, Mag, I mean, you're definitely you're definitely saying it. But the thing is, uh, if Peyton Manning is cold and if his arm is cold and he's not throwing well, guess what? Russell Wilson's arm yeah. is going to be cold, and he's not same be way, way for both. Same way for both. It's just a matter of one team overcoming it more than the other. It's not like one team. When they play, it's going to be 60 degrees, and others, is going to be 20. It's going to be completely the same for both teams. And, like yeah, like you said, the teams will overcome it. And I feel like to be a champion, a Super Bowl champion, that means you can play in cold weather. Overcome that means you, all that odds. That means you can overcome it, yep, uh, play through it be that team to win in February, because you want to win in February, and that entails being able to play in cold weather. I'm all in favor for it. I hope the traffic works out. I hope there's not too much congestion. I hope the weather doesn't postpone or push
1: forward anything. But, um, yeah, I I mean, I truly obviously hope it's a success. Where it does leave more to be desired is the fan aspect. I mean, fans having to go to the game when it's bitter cold and, and they're not comfortable you know, that that's that, that's a reason to not have a cold-weather Super Bowl anymore. Yeah. Affecting it, the players, I don't buy it.
2: That's true. No, that that's a great point. I mean, because in the end, this is the biggest fan sporting event. I mean, obviously people watching on TV, but the fans that go there, I think the only thing that would cancel it out is if you're going for the Super Bowl, chances are you're not just going for the Super Bowl. You probably spend a few days at least in New York City. Sure. So sure. hopefully the fans can get that experience. I know when uh Notre Dame and it's Rutgers were in the Pinstripe Bowl, you know, Notre Dame they're going from championship game to Pinstripe Bowl, but I mean they milked they milked it up as much as they could. They went to the Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building, they saw the New York stuff. So hopefully fans can uh, you know, find some uh, some fun in that And experiencing New York despite, you know, it's not going to be a warm weather Super Bowl for
1: them. And obviously the big story coming out of the NFC Championship game was what happened right after with Richard Sherman, um, forcing the interception, the whole thing with Michael Crabtree, the whole thing with the interview with Aaron Andrews on Fox. What was your take on on the way that whole thing transpired? Because I, first of all, I thought Aaron Andrews handled it pretty well. I'm not a big fan of Aaron Andrews. You know, I just, just, you know, not, not for any particular reason, just never was a big fan of hers. Um, and I thought she handled it pretty well. Uh, I I did find it funny though that that interview. That that was hysterical. Yeah, I was, that was I was, that I was, was just hysterical. gonna say.
2: I mean I mean people have been talking about it all week. You know it's been here and I you know guys behind the glass feel free to give your opinion. Personally, I loved the interview. I mean I thought it was great. And I go back to what I. Did for high school swimming was literally a hundredth, a hundredth <laughs> of probably the emotion that Richard Sherman and the Seahawks had going to the Super Bowl, and we would get me and my teammates we would get pumped up for it. Sure, and and you know other players, other te- other swimmers they would they would talk trash about you, and you would want to show them up. And uh, so for me, I I would want to say that type of stuff. So I know that if I want to say that, obviously Richard Sherman probably wanted to say it a hundred times over going to the Super Bowl. It's right after the play. What do you think is going to happen? He just pretty much locked his team going to the Super Bowl against a player he doesn't like, and it was raw emotion. It wasn't boring. It wasn't cookie-cutter. No. You know, oh, we played well. We're excited. It was raw emotion, and that's what I think sports needs more, and the backlash that he's gotten
1: has been unbelievable. It is. It is. Uh, I I used to play two-on-two baseball with my friends, okay, with a tennis ball. (laughs) And we took it very seriously. Okay, we, the emotion was absolutely there. Probably just as much as when you were swimming. Yeah, yeah. People get pumped up. For absolutely, sports. that's how it is. I mean, people
2: behind the back. I mean, what did you think about? What Sherman had to say, I mean, it seems like Mac and I were fine
1: with it. I thought it was great TV. And I love the way Aaron Andrews handled it, too. Yeah,
3: I thought it was refreshing, guys. Like you said, I'm really tired of the people who are just the cookie-cutter type guys where it's like, oh, yeah, we played a great game. We are going to the Super Bowl. It was awesome. I think it's great that we have someone showing emotion. I think a lot of his backlash has been very unwarranted. People who call Definitely. him a thug and stuff like this for showing his emotion, and I think that's the furthest thing from the truth.
1: And what people don't know is that there is a history between these two guys. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah. It didn't just happen right there on that field on Sunday. So, yeah. I mean, they have a history with the charity event, something. I don't know the specifics of. I didn't read up into it, but I heard, you know, I heard, you know, that that there is a history between these two guys that's yeah. not it's not positive. No, so. no, no. I mean, if he he legitimately does not does not like Michael Crabtree, he makes a spectacular
2: play against Crabtree where if he doesn't make that play, then maybe San Francisco goes to the Super Bowl. The interview happened two minutes right after. It's not like it happened the next day and he was freaking out. I mean, it was right after it happened. But, yeah, props to Aaron Andrews. I mean, obviously, I think going in you have to expect that. Football player like I don't Richard think, Sherman. I don't think like, she was expecting that. But I think you have to. I think you just you have to expect it. I mean, you are, in the back of your mind, you have to be prepared for it. It's not Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or, right. or those guys. You know, you know, you know Richard he, Sherman is an exactly. outspoken is, guy. He is, yeah. Exactly, he's a very outspoken guy. He does great things with the community. Stanford grad, we know all that. But he is outspoken and. You know, it was just funny the the follow up question of who's talking about you. I mean, that was that was pretty perfect.
1: I mean, I thought that no better. Yeah. What what's a better question? That was yeah yeah. Just give me give you know yeah. Who was talking about you? Who who was who was it? I think she could
2: have handled the transition
1: a little bit better.
2: With oh, yeah, she was a little flustered. I think she, she looked she was a little flustered.
3: scared at one point almost, but then she did recover well. I her that. There scared. was like one point when they got her on camera and her eyes she like did. bugged out for a second, and then she got her composure back. She like was not door. expecting
1: that. Let's be real. She was not expecting that kind of response. I just got to say, I,
2: I mean, I've, I the entire season I covered the Yankees, the only time I saw like kind of like pure emotion Mm. was when uh, David Robertson blew the game on Mariano Rivera day. Right. Because they lost like two to one or whatever it was. And, um, and that was the only time I actually saw a player, like, upset. I mean, there, I saw this team have horrible loss against Boston. They're like, oh, well, we just got to come out tomorrow. <laughs> and I literally would think about jumping off off the press box. I'd be, like, so, like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, none of them were like that. And you you, you want to see that as a fan. Yeah. You just want to see emotion. And if I'm a Seahawks fan I see that, I'd be beating my chest and being, like, bring on the Broncos. Let's go. I'd be – Full four? What do you think, Julian?
0: Uh, yeah, I was actually listening to the Dan Patrick show on Monday, and they had Aaron Andrews on, and she was talking about how this was almost, maybe not so many words, but this was the kind of response that she wanted. She specifically said, I went in there two seconds after the game ended and grabbed Richard Sherman. Unbelievable. This is, and then the producers, I, I mean, who knows what the uh, producers were telling Aaron Andrews at that point, but then when the producers heard what Richard Sherman was saying, they, they told her off. to get out of it yeah. Yeah. yeah and so it, it it's tough it's very tough and i think that aaron handled herself very well and this is the kind of response that i think she wanted to get so i didn't think she was actually intimidated i think she was actually kind of in a sense, encouraged by Richard, or maybe, maybe shocked.
2: Like that's what you hope for. Like I don't. But you I don't, don't even think, that she, shocked, think oh, that she was shocked. Oh, she was shocked. I think when she, it she actually was, happened, she was pretty blown away. Like you, can, I mean, you and this, look, you this goes for video. a lot of
1: things in life. You know, you can talk about, oh well, if this happens, what do I do? Like, you can't really yeah. say what you'll do until it happens. When and and when she
0: was talking about it um, on Monday, she was saying that the, the look that on her face was actually she was trying to find the right question to ask Richard. You know in that moment after he yeah. had said those statements. That's yeah. a
1: good point too. I mean, yeah, after That's a fairly that. generic question though. You know, just take me just take me through it. Just 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 mm-hmm. take me take me through it. That's, you know, that that's a that's a fairly generic yeah. question. But I want to know because I know a lot of uh, racism
2: and and a lot of ugly remarks on Twitter have come from that. And it's just interesting because Bart Scott uh, a few years ago with the Jets, he also had very similar uh, you know, Patriots defense can't stop a nosebleed. We're the best in the league. Can't wait to face the mm-hmm. Steelers. He's also African American, and he didn't get any backlash. I mean, people loved it. That I was mean, a different I'm, I'm, thing, though. It, but it, but it, but no no screaming he, at the he, top of his lungs. He
1: flew over on a, on a plane with his arms out like over. Well, Richard, over Sherman, to the Richard Sherman. Richard you Sherman know? ran around uh, af- right after that game and and uh, at Colin Kaepernick and did that choking symbol.
2: Yeah, I, oh, I know he did. We that. We got to talk about that. And, that I, know, I know he did that. That's where I draw the line. Well, I'm kind of fine with that because the week before Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick did the uh, was doing the thing. He was doing Cam the Newton. Super Bowl. I don't. I, don't the agree. Superman I don't agree. I don't agree with that
1: either. I, you know, I, you don't. You don't. This is a team sport. Sportsmanship is very important. But I think what Sherman did in the interview was emotion about what had just happened. Yeah. The other thing that that's that's not right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. That's like consciously mocking yeah, exactly.
2: the other exactly. team, the exactly. fan base. Okay. I, I mean, I I, I can definitely understand that, but. You know, after seeing what Kaepernick did to see it happen to him, I really don't care. But no, nah, Sherman. I mean, I would love to. Uh, I mean, I hope they go for him for an interview after if they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I hope they go back for him for for more stuff. And, I was, and you know, most important things. You know, he he never swore. You no, know, he never he never, he never did anything like that. You know, he just you know it was just raw emotion. He was pumped up, and that's how athletes get, especially when. I mean, this the play you made was remarkable to send your team to the Super Bowl,
0: and also especially when you have a beef with the guy that you've exactly. been guarding exactly for the whole. Well, I guess there's
1: a history. There's yep.
0: there's a history, and you have just showed that guy up. It's the same thing Reggie Miller in the '99 series holding up the choke sign to the New York Knicks fans. It's the same kind of deal.
1: Absolutely, and. Um you know, I'm I'm a St. Louis Rams fan, so I was rooting for the Seahawks in this game because I can't stand Colin Kaepernick. Can't stand him. I've I've never liked him, and I, I'm really happy that he lost. Um, but I, I'm probably going to root for the Broncos in in the Super Bowl. No, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, all right, let's get to this draft here, this this Pro Bowl draft that everybody's been waiting for. We haven't even decided who's getting first pick in this thing. Do, do you have a quarter? Flip a quarter. Flip uh, a Point. I, I don't I don't. You have one? I'm getting might. out his wallet here. Yes, I do. He's got yep. it. All right, all right, I got we'll the. We'll call. Change.
2: I'll call it in the air. You flip it. Okay. Here we go. We're so, doing this so, live. So, so while I get the quarter ready, just explain. Oh, again. Julian's
1: coming into the studio. I think he's oh. gonna he's gonna flip the coin. Julian's got to flip the coin. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's so, fair. all right. Before we do this, you know, we're picking ten players. Three of them have to be defensive players. The rest have to be skill position players from any. Of the two teams, from the Rice team or the Sanders and team, and then just looking at it, just just looking at it, just we'll thinking, we'll who, decide who, who do do we, has the better yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Julian and maybe okay. Kelly can can decide. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'll call it in the air. Here we go, Julian. Heads, bouncing on the table here, and it is tails. Ooh. So well, you can decide if you want first or or. Well, should we do it? If if you get if you if you get first pick, you get first pick. If you get second, you get a loop, or or no, you just want to do one, 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 one. Uh yeah, uh let's let's loop. All right, so that, if you, you want fair. you can decide what pick you want.
2: Um I want first pick and then uh well we also got to choose captains.
1: Captains? What do you mean?
2: Like there's two captains on each team, well, offensive and defensive. Well,
1: we have to pick the players first, don't we? To get the captains. No, no, he he
2: the the the, the captains were chosen before the draft.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. So who are the captains? I, I, My no. captains? I want Drew Brees. So you're going to automatically get these players on I your team? I automatically get these players. One <laughs> offensive, one defensive. That's how it worked. That's how it was. I'm no. telling you. Yes, that's how it was. We're not we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So no cap. Just no do captains. a normal
3: draft way. Just normal Thank draft. Thank you, Kelly. Mac- Nolan picks first, then we go to Mac. No cap. Where do I come from with this? Okay, yes.
1: fine. Uh, so I- you get first pick, or what, which pick do you want? I want first pick. You're stupid. I'm number one. How could you not want loop pick? It's a pro bowl. Everybody's gonna be good. Go ahead, go. But you get some first are gonna pick. be better than others. Okay, fine, <laughs>
2: fine, fine. Uh, give me first pick. Here we go.
1: Jamal Charles. All right. Hey, is someone taking a note of this behind the glass because <laughs> it sure as that ain't me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nolan picks Jamal Charles running Can back. Can we get some music from the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Well, Julian, he you know he came into the studio, did the coin toss. Let him let him get his I bearings back there. have flipped the coin. There. Okay. Uh, so so you, you took Jamal Charles. I'm gonna take. Let's see. I'm going to take LaShawn McCoy, my first pick. So, two running backs. Oh, all right. Nice. A little bit Perfect. of Elton for us here. Okay. So, Go ahead. Right. Oh, I, so I got I, I two. Again. Yeah. I got two. So, LaShawn McCoy, and let's see here. Probably going to take a quarterback. I'm going to take... I'll, I'll take Drew Brees. So
2: Drew oh, Brees oh, and Alshon. Oh, my two picks. You're taking I Drew Brees from me, my captain.
1: Fine. <laughs> um, so now I get to go and I loop. No, no, no. Now it's just one and one the rest of the way. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. One, one. Point. Um, give me Josh Gordon. Most I electri- was thinking about him.
2: Electrifying receiver in the league. I
1: I agree with you. I think he is the most electri- electrifying receiver Must in the league. Uh, okay. So you take you take Josh Gordon from Cleveland. Uh, by the way, you can only take one quarterback in this. Yeah, all right, we agree yeah. with that? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take uh, – we're just making rules as we go along. This is great. Um, all right. I took McCoy and Breeze. I'll take a wide receiver. I'll take uh, Alshon Jeffery Chicago Bears. Okay. Had some acrobatic catches this year. That's fine. Um, go ahead. Give me there Nick Foles. Nick Foles.
2: I want Nick, I want Nick Foles thrown to these guys. And with the running game, just like in Philly, it will do right. well.
1: Okay. All right. Not, not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. All right. Let's see. I, I got to take Jimmy Graham here. I mean, uh, he, he's he led the NFL in touchdowns this year. First tight end, I, I believe, ever to lead the NFL in touchdowns or yards or something. What a year! What a year for Jimmy Graham. I gotta take him.
2: But, but uh, what a disappointing performance against yeah. Seattle, though. It was. Know? It was disappointing. It was. It was. Go ahead. All right. Um, my fourth pick is going to be Larry Fitzgerald. All right.
1: Okay. Another, fits. Another nice fits. Another consistency, nice, consistency, I think, is the name of the game with Larry Fitzgerald. Absolutely. He's always consistent. Uh, all right. My fifth pick. I'm going to start the defensive go-around here. I'm going to go with my man in St. Louis. Yeah, Robert Mathis, baby. Give him to me. Give me my man in St. Louis, Mathis. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. Sorry. I'm Got my Roberts mixed up there. You know what I mean. Good, thank goodness Robert that you were taking Roberts. Go ahead, you Robert. take you ahead. take Mathis. Because go I'm
2: going to take Robert <laughs> Mathis, the undisputed SAC best champion. defensive player. He yep. was the sack champion, but what an animal. Quinn won defensive player of the year. So oh you well, go. you know I'll take the sack. All right, okay,
1: sir. All right, I, so I, we're halfway through this draft already. I can't believe that this guy is in the Pro Bowl, so I'm going to take him because he's in the Pro Bowl. My man, Mike Tolbert, lumber baby. That's who I'm going with. Tolbert? Are you serious? I'm serious, baby. Give me Tolbert. Oh my. Goodness We're not placing gracious. any money on this, so who cares? <laughs> uh,
2: hmm, who do I want? This is public radio. You know, go give me a JJ Let's Watt. See. All right,
1: all right, another de- So it's one more defensive player for you. Um, okay, here we go. Taking a look here. Eddie Lacy. I love what Eddie Lacy did in his rookie year. He's another ground and pound type guy. Give me Eddie Lacy. Okay.
2: Uh, Well, then I'm going to want Matt Forte. He had a huge year for Chicago.
1: Not bad at all. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. All right. We're going to go defense with this next pick here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Justin Houston, outside linebacker for the Chiefs. Part of that great Chiefs defense that uh, didn't allow, I think, a touchdown or something in the first quarter all season. or One of those crazy numbers. Houston. Houston, nice. had, Houston had Very a great nice. year. He was hurt, too,
2: but he still had a great year. These teams are both shaping up to be pretty they are. good.
1: Um, give me uh, Brandon Marshall. Okay. Loading up on that offense. So man. I have eight players right now. I have eight, too. Okay, so this will be number nine, and there goes Elton John. That was a good, good performance That was there. good. You know, I feel like I'm in the islands. All of FUV, we should take a little
2: trip to we the should. Hawaiian Islands. So on that note, nice. I'm going to
1: take DeMarco Murray.
2: Oh, wow. What a steal. Yeah. Dude, still, that, that Still would, there, yeah. That was had nice. Had a great season.
1: I think it was his best season as a pro.
2: Okay, so if you are taking that, then I'm going to go outside the box, outside the draft, because we said we could pick snubs if we want to. Oh, man. Give me Muhammad Wilkerson. <laughs> I want Muhammad Wilkerson. Dude, the fact that he didn't make the Pro Bowl he made it. is he an absolute crime. I mean, he, he was. If anyone ever watched more than two Jets games, you would see Wilkerson that's had. That's true. Huge he did impact. have. A, they had a monster year. Monster year.
1: Um. Okay. So that's that's your. Th- is that your last defensive player? So you still have yeah. an offense. Yeah. I still have to take a defensive player. I have to take one with my last pick. Um. And I'm gonna go with uh, the fellow chief. For oh no no actually no I'm gonna go with Greg Hardy on, on the Panthers line. Great great. Great front seven for the Carolina Panthers. I will take Greg Hardy. Okay. Final pick. Final pick. I going to make sure it's a good one. Mr. Irrelevant. No, no, no. He's <laughs> not irrelevant.
2: No, <laughs> he's good. I'm gonna make sure it's a good one. <laughs> okay. So let me let me get my bearings. ready. Get his bearings. I know I want to be a tight end since you took Jimmy. You don't. Graham. Yeah, you don't
1: have a tight end. I don't have a tight end. You're gonna give some love to who? are You gonna give, who am I gonna to give here? some love to? You, you have four op. You have three options. Let me hear. Unless, you have Tony Gonzalez. Playing oh, in his final game ever. Wow. Uh, Jordan Cameron okay. on the Browns, yes. or Jason
2: Witten. Those are your three options. Well, I don't like the Cowboys. Give me Tony Gonzalez. Let me have him send out on a, as a champion. You know what? I like
1: that pick. That's a good Thank pick.
2: You. That's a very Thank good you. pick. Tony Gonzalez. All right. Last pick.
1: So let's run it down now. Let's try to let's 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 we got we got we got two judges on the other side to judge our team. So let's go position by position here. Okay. All right. Quarterback. I got Drew Brees. Who's yours? Nick Foles. I think it I think I get the win there. I th- they, Yeah, he, I go with Mac beat. On this him in the one. playoffs, so beat him when it matters okay. most. I think that's I'm fine. gonna go with Breeze there. Alright, you agree with that? Is that alright? So one nothing me. <laughs> alright, um did you draft two running backs? I don't think you did. <laughs> yeah, I, oh I draft I Oh, uh, you two. Yeah, I draft. oh, you you didn't? drafted two.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, so my two running backs are Lashawn McCoy and DeMarco Murray. Mine are Matt Forte and Jamal Charles. Alright, all right, we're gonna leave it up to you guys. I mean that's why you guys are here. They're, they're whispering. They're consulting. Uh, right. I have
3: a very soft spot for LaShawn. I knew you would go with Michael. But you had but, Forte too. But I'm going with Nolan because Forte yeah. and Charles are a much better pair. Thank you. All right. Thank so, you. We'll, all right.
1: We'll give that. We'll give running backs to Nolan. So, 1-1. One, one.
2: So, is that 2-1 is that though?
1: Because my running backs are better. And that's two positions. You know, I really thought you'd be a nice guy here. Okay. All right, 2 right. 2-1. 2-1. 2-1. All right. Fine. We'll go player by play. 2-1. All right. So, wide receivers now. I have. I only have one, I believe, and that is Alshon Jeffrey. Who, do we want to – Well, no, we'll, we'll separate it from tight end. So I have Alshon Jeffrey, and who do you have? Uh, I have. Oh, I mean, am I, I, I? Eddie Lacy was also one of my running backs, but that doesn't matter, I guess. Go ahead. Uh, I have uh, <laughs>
2: Josh Gordon, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. All right, you win. You win. Uh, Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall. Right, yeah, so I guess. So it's five one. Five
1: one. Okay, fine. Five one. Fine. All right. Um, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, five uh, two. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even have to say what player I have, because um, automatically, yeah, that's fine. I have Mike Tolbert. <laughs> you don't have a fullback, so five three, I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: sneaky, sneaky. Okay, five three. That's fine. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to defense now. My linebacker, Justin Houston. Okay. Uh, who do you, have? you have a linebacker? Uh, Robert Math. He's not a linebacker. He's defensive end. J.J. Watt. Defensive end.
3: Backer.
1: All right, for me. Oh right. well, this is just ridiculous. All right, now, now you get you. Now Greg Hardy, and Robert Quinn are on my line. Who are on? Who is on your line? What? Watt, he's Watt, Watt, and, um, and, Mathis, and Mathis, and Wilkerson.
0: You to give it? All right, I mean, so Nolan, Nolan, just because he's got. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, fine. good stuff.
2: Team Nolan. Nolan, what a draft expert. All right, that's our Pro Bowl draft. <laughs> you heard it here. And uh, if you're listening to this and you think another team was better or if, uh, other other picks were better options out there, definitely feel free to uh, tweet at us or
1: leave comments on the page. We'd, uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think about uh, the Pro Bowl selection. Absolutely. Uh, team Sanders, just taking a look at, at the teams. We're going to have Judy Batista on in a moment here uh, from NFL.com to talk about the championship weekend and looking ahead to the Super Bowl. But Team Sanders has Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, and Nick Foles as his quarterbacks, and and then Team Rice has Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and Alex Smith. I don't count even count Alex Smith. But <laughs> did you say he was the last pick? He might have. Been, like, yeah. yeah, he was. I think Team the Rice wins there though. Those are some good quarterbacks: Brees and Rivers. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I take mean, those guy, guys. guys that can,
2: I mean, it's like what, like ten thousand combined passing yards this yeah. past year. And that's then Rice
1: also has Forte, McCoy, and Murray. Oh, wow! Oh, that's that's all. Sanders has Jamal Charles back. and then Eddie Lacy and Alfred Morris. Looks like Team Rice.
2: And, and you know, you know, yeah. go, looking forward, you know, it's all about the offensive players because no, unless unless you're you know a real dirty player, no one's going to be looking out to to lay these guys out and cause pain and injuries. You know, so you know it's going to be you know easy downs and like
1: easy whatever. So these guys, you know, it's all about picking those offensive players. I, I sure. agree, I agree. But Julian mentions that they just. Allowed the cover two defense in the Pro Bowl. So we'll see. Oh, okay.
2: We'll see how that pans okay.
1: out. All right, here to thankfully interrupt us from this Pro Bowl talk is <laughs> NFL.com's <laughs> Judy Batista. Judy, thank you. Thank you for doing that for us. I appreciate <laughs> it
4: away from the pro bowl talk oh (laughs) oh boy absolutely
1: (laughs) uh judy we'll start things off with the championship weekend and uh it it was a it was an exciting weekend obviously the nfc championship game was was probably the more exciting game um but uh you were focused more on the afc side of things tell us how vintage was peyton manning in that game
4: i think that was his best postseason performance ever he had that one great drive the year that the colts went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. He had that great drive against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. But I thought start to finish this was his best postseason game. I mean, he was flawless. At one point, I think he completed 12 passes in a row, you know, all the touchdowns, 400 yards. You know, the the Patriots are depleted. There's no question this was not – Uh, The kind of Patriots team you're used to seeing, they've had a lot of injuries on defense, but still to perform that way against a Bill Belichick team. Bill Belichick, you know, has typically had Peyton's number over the years. Uh, So for him to perform that way, yeah, this is about as good as it gets for Peyton.
2: Judy, were you at all disappointed that it wasn't like a big shootout between Peyton and Brady? I mean, it it was pretty clear that Manning was by far the, the better quarterback that game.
4: Well, I think it was probably unrealistic to think that. Um, that I mean, the Patriots were really—they uh, were incredibly well coached. I mean, Bill Belichick—if you ever had any doubts that he's the best coach in the league this year—answered them. But uh, they were so depleted. I mean, they were just not very good, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And they had lost so much, um, you know. I think that the injury when Gronkowski went out. That was, I think, the injury that they just could not recover from because before then, even though they'd lost so much on defense with Wilfork and Mayo, you know, Gronkowski gave them some firepower in the offense, and they were basically just able to win shootouts the way they did when they when they beat uh, the Broncos during the regular season in Foxborough. When he went out, though, that depleted the, the offense, too, and they just couldn't recover. So I, I wasn't really surprised that it was not this. Wild shooter. I just didn't think they were going to be able to go score for score with the Broncos.
2: Talking about players going down, did what did what were your opinions about uh, the Wes Welker play that took to out? Did Did you think it was dirty at all, or was it just uh, just the nature of the game, uh, maybe more intense than planned?
4: Uh, yeah, I I think it's the nature of the game. Look, I mean, the the Broncos are not by far the only team that runs the picks. Um, the Patriots yeah. do them. Yeah, too, no, yeah, it's true. Best? And I, no, I mean, do I think he was trying to hurt Tlaib? No way. I I don't think, uh, look, I don't think that's Wes Walker. I don't think he would try to hurt him. He also, I mean, he didn't hit him in the head. He didn't hit him in the knees. He just hit him, you know, sort of in the shoulder. Yeah, Um, yeah, I don't don't think he was trying to hurt him. I think he was, you know, he was trying to pick him. And, Because
2: it seemed like Bill Belichick definitely was not not happy about it whatsoever. Right. I
4: mean, there's obviously some, you know, some backstory there that he and Welker, at the end of their relationship in New England, their relationship is really straight, and I think Mm -hmm. that was apparent from Belichick's comments. You know, he called him the receiver. He didn't even call him by name. So I think there's some personal uh, issues going on there, but uh, no, I... Look, the play is not a penalty as the game is currently being officiated. So it's clean. He's not going to be fined by the league. You know, it was a hard hit, but that's what he was assigned to do on the play. And, look, that's what Bill Belichick had assigned Wes Walker to do in years
0: past.
1: So,
4: you know, that was a little tough calling the kettle black, I thought.
1: And, and Judy, talking more about Peyton Manning, uh, there are those that say his legacy is not complete um, and, 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 you know, that he still needs that, that second Super Bowl ring. Eli Manning thinks that his his legacy is complete, and there are certainly those out there that don't believe he'll be remembered for not winning the big game. Which side are you on?
4: Well, look, I mean, I, I think he's arguably already the greatest quarterback that's ever played. Um, he His performances in the regular season have been uh, absurd, and he, he's going to hold every significant record, and he's won the one Super Bowl. I mean, so much of... Uh, postseason performance is not just on the quarterback. You know, I mean, and that goes on the other side for Tom Brady. I mean, don't forget, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl came on a team that was not pass-happy. It was a great defense, um, and they had a running game. And, uh, you know, but he gets credit for that. And some of the teams that Peyton Manning sort of dragged into the playoffs uh, when he was with the Colts especially, did not have a defense at all. Many years, they had no running game. I mean, it was all on him. Um, And so I I just don't, you know, I don't use that as a barometer. He's, uh, you know, his performance has been great. Do I think it ends the discussion if they win it? Yeah. I think if they win it next week, that probably ends the conversation that he's, you know, that he's the greatest, you know, to ever play the game.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you that, that, you know, even without this game, his his legacy is complete. I I, I do believe that. Especially,
4: I mean, honestly, the— the fact that, you know, it was probably that way even before he went to the Broncos, but the fact that he has now come back yeah. from a very serious injury that could have ended his career and has played better than he ever did at age 37. I mean, forget about the injury. He's 37 years old. Yeah. And, he's, and he just had the best career, uh, the best season of his career or anybody else's career. That's insane. That's, you know, that's really remarkable.
1: You talk about um, how much playoff football hinges on not just the quarterback, and a perfect example of that is this offensive line with Denver. I mean, he Bate Manning was not sacked once against New England, and uh, sure. they've had a kind of a, a revolving door of guys in and out the offensive line all season. How important was the offensive line for Denver? How important is it in the Super Bowl? well, it's going to
4: be really important in the Super Bowl because they're going to face a great pass rush. I mean, this is a great, great defense. They're going to face much. You know, the the Patriots, again, were very depleted. Um, This is different. Seattle can rotate guys in on their defensive front to keep them fresh. Uh, You know, obviously, Peyton is going to try to counteract that, you know, by running no huddle so that they can't substitute liberally. Um, But this is different. I mean, they've got to keep him clean. They've got to try to keep him so that he does not have to move around, because obviously he doesn't move very well, never has. Um, But, you know, but they've done a great job. They did have, you know, when Ryan Clady went down, uh, you know, at the start of the season, everybody thought, oh my gosh. I mean, this is a guy who was so good at playing left tackle. He's one of the reasons that Peyton Manning chose Denver. That's how good Ryan Clady is. So when he went out, you thought uh-oh you know this is a mess uh and they've they held it together well i mean he was untouched really untouched by the patriots uh, but this is this is going to be a different level here with with seattle if they can keep him relatively clean and if they can keep him comfortable in the pocket uh that'll that'll really help because you know there's going to be really good coverage downfield so he's going to have to stand in there a little bit longer they're going to have to protect him very well this week
2: Judy, because of the possible cold weather conditions and possibly even some snow, who do you think will have a bigger impact on the game, Payne Manning or Marshawn Lynch of uh, Seattle?
4: Well, if the weather is really bad, and by that I mean if it's windy, I think wind is the biggest problem, um, is the biggest potential condition, then there's no question wind affects a passing offense more than it would a running-intensive offense. But if it's just cold but without a ton of wind, and right now I think the forecast calls for... You know, about 33 degrees, maybe some snow showers, but low winds, eight miles an hour. That's not that bad. Um, that's about as best as you can do probably for early February. Yes,
2: yeah, uh, as best as you York. can hope for. <laughs> um,
4: so if that's the case, then I think you, you'll you have a, a normal game. And, you know, you then it's just a matter of Peyton Manning versus a great defense. Uh, if, the, if the forecast gets significantly worse, or so if there's high winds, the way there were in Foxborough, you know, when, they, when uh, the Broncos played the Patriots in Foxborough during the regular season, they had. Winds for about 20 miles an hour and gusting you know up to 40 miles an hour, that's a different story. And then I think they will have a big problem. And then certainly I think Marshawn Lynch is in a much better position to influence the game.
1: And, Judy, we were talking about, and we're joined by Judy Batista of NFL.com, talking about the Super Bowl here on 101's NFL Friday. Me and Nolan were talking earlier about the weather, and we both agreed that, you know, the NFL, if you're going to have the two best teams playing in the Super Bowl, then whatever the weather is, it, it shouldn't affect them and it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't impact their play. If these are truly the two best teams in the league, then that shouldn't be a factor. Um, do you think this is the last cold weather Super Bowl we, we will see? And what are your thoughts on having the Super Bowl uh, in the Meadowlands?
4: I don't think it's the last one we'll see if it goes off without a hitch. Um, if, if, if there is not you know a huge snowstorm that right. closes the airport mm, yeah. and that you know people can't get in on Thursday and Friday when most fans and the corporate types come in to the Super Bowl city uh then i think you will see other uh, cold-weather venues bid for it. You know, I, I don't think that it's any secret. The Patriots would like one. The Washington Redskins would like one. Denver would like one. Denver, you know, is, uh, is a little bit more temperate. I don't, I know people don't believe that, but Dem- Denver actually has better weather this time of the year than we do in the Northeast. Um, I think you will see more people do it, and frankly, it's going to be hard to say no to somebody like Robert Kraft. You know what I mean? He is an influential and very well-respected member of the NFL community, and if he really wants a Super Bowl, and his fellow owners are going to be hard-pressed to not give him one. Um, I, I did not have a problem with them putting in New York. I buy into the argument that football is played in the elements. If you can play AFC and NFC championship games the way we've seen them played, you know, think of that giant NFC championship game in Green Bay where, you know, it looked like Tom Coughlin was suffering frostbite. His face got so red. If you can play championship games in those conditions, you can play the Super Bowl in those conditions. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I'll be interested to see if it goes off without a hitch. If, you know, What would have happened if the snow that we just had a few days ago here, what would have happened if that happened during Super Bowl week, you know, on Friday of Super Bowl week? Um, but if they can manage this and it goes off without a problem, I, I don't have any doubt that down the road we will see other cold-weather Super Bowls.
2: Yeah, avoiding a huge change of day would definitely uh, be a big factor. Right. I
4: mean, that would be, you know, that's the worst-case scenario, that they would have to change the day of the game. Um, And, again, look, they don't mind. I don't think the league minds snow showers on the day of the game. I think, you know, photographically that's beautiful. It would look great on television. You know, Americans would love to be tuning in from their living rooms seeing that scene. So that's not what concerns the league. What concerns the league is huge snow a few days before that would shut down the airport and prevent everybody from getting into town. That would be the big problem.
2: Yeah, that would be a disaster. So, Judy, yeah. to send you out of here, uh, you know, we're talking about all this cold weather, but I'm sure the weather over in Hawaii is pretty <laughs> nice. The uh, Pro Bowl weekend is, the, is in two days. What do you think of the Pro Bowl draft, and do you think it was successful in bringing more attention and awareness to this year's Pro Bowl?
4: I do. I think it brought more attention, just the curiosity factor. I I don't know about the long term viability of the Pro Bowl, honestly, and I'm not sure the league does either. Um, You know, people like the trip to Hawaii, but uh, Roger Goodell has said repeatedly he. He hates the non-competitiveness of it. I mean, he yeah. really doesn't I mean, it's, it's like it.
2: With tough, good reason. It's, it's tough right. to watch at times, definitely. Right. He
4: doesn't like that. He thinks it's sort of a bad look for the NFL to sort of have players out there and not really trying and, you know, not really uh, running very hard or hitting very hard. Uh, so I don't know if this solves all the problems. I think this brought, a, you know, a spike of interest, sort of having the draft, you know, have Dion and Jerry Rice draft the players. but. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is a long-term answer. I'm not sure there is a long-term answer, honestly. All
1: right, Judy Batista from NFL.com, giving us the lowdown on the Super Bowl and, yes, even a little bit of the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Judy, thanks so much, <laughs> and uh, enjoy the big game next week. Yeah, thanks a lot, Judy. Thank you.
3: Thank All you. Right. you as well. Uh, Take
1: care. And you can check her out on NFL.com. A lot of great work uh, from Judy Batista, one-on-one's NFL Friday. Mac Rosenberg, Nolan Silbernagel uh, with you. And, you know, it, it's interesting that that Roger Goodell is outspoken about the the lack of competitive competitiveness in the pro Bowl. That should say something that that should be a harbinger of things to come because the pro Bowl, I'll tell you, I don't think it has any place in, in the NFL I really do. you know there there are people out out there that that will say every sport has to have an all-star game. Well, you know what? Make it mean something. I mean, I don't know I, I have no I don't I don't have any ideas as to how you can make this game meaningful, but right now I just I just think it has no place. It, it's just tough
2: because the nature I get rid of it. The nature of football is very tough, hard contact, physical. Yeah. And at the end of the day this is a fun exhibition thing and no one wants to lose their career or lose a season. Right. Over the Pro Bowl. And it's not like basketball where if you get slapped on the wrist, you get a foul. It's not in baseball where the only time you're really going to get serious contact is if you run to the wall as an outfielder or get hit by a pitch by a bat. I mean, I mean, contact is limited, but in football, it's full on contact. Full on. And it's just so intriguing that the uh, right now, you know, America's most popular sport, football, Super Bowl bringing in over the 100 million viewers, all that, they just can't generate a solution to to this kind of all-star exhibition is it it's, fathomable it's
1: is it fathomable to think that the NFL will get rid of it I don't know if it is because I don't know if the NFL will it, ever br- get it, rid of it it brings in revenue it does bring in yeah, money it does it, it it you know there are people out there who do watch it I'm sure uh, I'm sure it helps, sure it helps, sure it. It helps I mean, people in Hawaii. You, you sure, know local sure. businesses, sure. And,
2: and you know where they play. I'm sure, sure that helps. But they have you know. to do
1: something with it. I don't know what. And, and, you, know, you can't make it in the middle of the season. I, I don't no, know. You can't. I you can't I, make it before the season. I really I, don't
2: know. It's tough. It's uh, tough. It is really tough because you know, like for I think really I tough. think MLB is perfect how it determines home field advantage. Oh yeah, that's, it is. Oh, that's awesome. It is. You know that's great. I was even talking to um some of the guys on, on staff here at FUV, and we were saying like, could you do like like uh, like a uh, 40-yard dash to claim the fastest man in the NFL? Could you do a longest pass competition? But even, say, something like the 40-yard dash, a guy could blow out his legs doing yeah. that or something. You know, I, I just don't think there's, like, a truly safe answer. You know, like, they, they could try different, like, competitions like that, but at the end of the day, they're all still pretty risky.
1: Yeah, they are. They are. They definitely are. I, that's going to be interesting. And I, I really, it did interest me that, that Judy mentioned the fact that the commissioner of this sport – is outspoken in the fact that there's a problem. I yeah. mean, but, but if he's gonna say that, then come up
2: with a solution. Yeah, yeah I, know? I know, I know. If anyone can change anything, it's you, man. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's you, Kedell. Exactly. You know, just be sitting there being like, "Yep, this is a problem. <laughs> this is a problem." All right, well then, do something.
1: Let's get creative here. You yeah, know? yeah. All right, let's uh, let's break a little bit down. I got a couple minutes left. We'll do just a little bit of breaking down of this Super Bowl here. Um, you know, obviously the big matchup you think of is Peyton Manning against that Seahawks defense, number one offense, number one defense. But, uh, you know, I, I think what wins games is who makes the, the big plays, who who for, who creates turnovers, and who doesn't, you know, who who plays clean, you know, yeah. and who has the cleanest game. Peyton Manning doesn't turn the ball over very much. Russell Wilson turned it over on the first play of the game, yeah. the NFC Championship. Oh, yeah. um, he's not a guy who turns it over a lot. Um, I am interested. Obviously, the, that's the matchup. That's a matchup we're all watching, though. Peyton Manning against that that pass rush for Seattle.
2: Yeah, and you said it's about who shows up and plays, and uh, I meant to ask Judy this. I I forgot, so I guess we can talk about it. How big of a factor is it that no one from Seattle ever has been to the Mm. Super Bowl? Not a single player has ever been through this and not just playing in the game you know people all the time all the ex-athletes that have played there they say you know you have to handle yourself during the week you have to be with the media you have to get arrangements for your family to be there I mean everyone's saying like yeah Eli is helping Peyton by saying like how MetLife is but just equally as important Eli's handling all the hotel reservations. He's handling all the tickets. You know, he's And so that way Payne can just focus on football. Right. You know, Russell Wilson, young guy, all of his friends and family, they're going to want to be going. You know, you know. Where's his head, it, head at
1: right now? I think in the end it comes, and you make a good point, but in the end for me I think it just comes down to playing the game. And these guys know I, how to play I, the I game. I agree with that. Just because you've never played in the game, I, I think when it comes down to it, you get on that field and you do what you've been doing all year. I, I do think, yeah. here's ahead, what I have Kelly. to say on ahead, this Kelly. though,
3: but I kind of agree with Nolan just because the fact that They're doing this, like you said, the Seahawks for the first time, and they're doing it in the media capital of the world, in New York City. Like, there's going to be – not that the Super Bowl doesn't draw, you know, an inordinate amount of media members, but the fact that it's in New York, I feel like there's going to be even more. You know the New York media. They blow every single detail out. I think that this could be – it could be a little bit of a factor. Some of these guys might get a little rattled, shaken up, the bright lights for the first time. You never know.
2: Yeah, there's not – yeah, that's right, Kyle. I obviously completely agree. I mean, there's not a single – person that a young player like sherman like wilson like lynch not a single player that they can turn to and look to not not a, not a veteran bench player like no one and, and i think that affects the way they will play on sunday like, like you're saying mac it's all about who plays the game on sunday but this
1: will affect how they play and prepare for that game on sunday all right real, real quick before we get out of here you have a prediction, early prediction. I mean, it, obviously you have. Yeah. You have I mean, a I mean, I
2: mean, it's definitely early, but I'm, I definitely think it's going to be the Broncos. I mean, between Peyton Manning seems like a man on a mission. I kind of feels, I, he kind of knows he's running out of time. Yeah. It's been a great opportunity
1: to do it. Been there before. All the team has. I really think the Broncos have the advantage. I, I, I think there's one player in this Super Bowl that can take over a game and win the game. And that's Peyton Manning. I don't think there's anybody on the Seahawks that can take over. Like, yeah. I Russell Wilson can, but I mean. I, 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 mean, I mean, it's tough, I just it's don't tough see it. to win a Super Bowl solely on the back of a running back. Yeah. There's, like, I, yeah. You, I mean, you, right, let's be real here. Russell Wilson, if they win that Super Bowl, it's going to be because of Marshawn Lynch and the defense. I'll run the <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're going to run the football. That's right, Peyton. Uh, and a quick programming note. By the way, I, I right now I'm leaning towards the Broncos. I, I'm, you know, That's my pick right now. Uh, and to all of our listeners uh, out there, uh, one-on-one is our – Weekly sports show going to be broadcasting live from Radio Row all throughout Super Bowl week, starting Monday, January 27th. Specific times will be posted on the website, wfuvsports.org, so make sure to check out that this weekend. And we will also announce the show schedule uh, during one-on-one tomorrow on 90.7 FM uh, and during the men's basketball game, the Ford men's basketball game. That's at UMass this Sunday, January 26th. We'll be on at 11.55 a.m. with a one-on-one pregame report on 90.7 FM and WFUVsports.org. And, of course, NFL Friday. Going to be live uh, on Radio Row on WFUVsports.org. Next Friday for our Super Bowl show, we'll have a, a – I would say we'll have a couple of guests. Maybe, maybe I, just a couple. I would assume Maybe, just a, couple. maybe just a couple. It will be a two-hour extravaganza, and you, the loyal listeners, will get a chance – to call in and even chat with us. Oh, that'll wow, be. Look at that. That'll be fun. He's so yeah, again, coverage of the Super Bowl all week long. Wfuvsports.org. It's been a fun season. We got, still got one more left to go. The big one, game one next week. One more big week, but goes, you know, it's, it's amazing that this is. No, oh, two la-
2: two more shows, but one more big game. Yeah, yeah, one more big game. It's crazy to think that season's almost over.
1: It is. Yeah, it's it's wild, and it's finally here in New York. It it's really great time. is. Nolan, it's been a fun year. Kelly Cultus, Julian Atienza behind the glass. This is one-on-one's NFL Friday. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. This has been one-on-one's
0: NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.